The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with hosts Victoria and Adair Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here with her daughter Adair, a lifelong vegan and an actress, a playwright, and a stunt performer to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now let's get this party started. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey, good afternoon or good noon noon if you're out there in the Pacific area. I'm Victoria Moran. Hi, and I'm Adair Moran. And we're Main Street Vegans. We really are, because we're from Kansas City, Missouri, where there is a Main Street. There is, yeah. I grew up very close to Main Street. Yes, you did indeed, and so did I. And that's how we know that you can be vegan anywhere in this country and anywhere on God's green earth. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Kansas City, and it, it seemed very normal. We always did the vegan thing and had no problem with it. And speaking of green, you're wearing green today. You practically look like a leprechaun. Well, it's very hot in New York City today. We are experiencing our first little heat wave, so I needed something cool. It's very, very pretty. Do you think vegans should wear green more often? I don't know that it matters what you wear. Well, maybe that um, makes the stereotype a little bit more widespread that we only eat salads. Well, is it because I'm vegan or because I'm Irish? Oh, yes. Well, then it gets really complicated. Anyway, this is our very first show on Unity FM, and I am so excited because it's really because of Unity that I went vegetarian very, very young. You know that story, Adair, because you know most of my stories. Well, I do, but why don't you tell it for our (laughs) listeners? (laughs) I was a little tiny kid, and I came home from first grade having learned the four food groups, and I recited them to my grandmother. I was very proud that I knew that we were supposed to eat from the meat group, the milk group, the fruit and vegetable group, and the bread and cereal group. And my grandmother, who had been in unity for a very long time and was a very opinionated lady, said, I can't really say it the way she did it, but she said, 
And then she said, I could take you to the inn at Unity Village and get you a hamburger made out of peanuts and you'd think you were eating beef. I thought it was so amazing. So we eat that kind of thing quite a bit. Well, I've had veggie burgers made out of almost everything under the sun, although I'm not sure I've ever seen peanuts. Well, peanuts, you know, we use peanuts more in the old days. It's very interesting. Did you know that peanuts aren't a nut? I did know that. They're, they're a, what are they, a legume? They're a legume. Okay. Now, you know a lot about stuff that grows out of the ground because you actually have a garden. I do, yes. And you have a garden in Manhattan, New York City, which is kind of unheard of. We are very, very lucky. So we're going to go up to your, your garden on Friday and take a little field trip. Everybody listening, we're actually having an amazing week here. While this show is coming to you from Lee's Summit, Missouri, Unity Village, Missouri, actually. Unity Village is its own incorporated city with a, a post office and a police force. A little bit of trivia there. But near Kansas City, near our hometown. But we live in the Big Apple these days. It's good for vegans to live in a place called Apple. And we are recording from our in-home studio. And while we're talking to you over the airwaves, we have a whole house full of people here. We have the first course of Main Street Vegan Academy. These are 14 people from all over the country training to be vegan lifestyle coaches. And some of us who grew up vegan, I guess, didn't need a coach. That's Adair's situation. I, I think that I have a pretty good background without any official class Education. Well, I think you have a good enough background that I invited you to be my co-author on our brand new book, Main Street Vegan, which I'm just so proud of. That that book is reaching people. Have you seen the review in Veg News? No, I haven't. It, it's really wonderful. For those of you not familiar with Veg News magazine, it's the biggest magazine that vegetarians and vegans read. It's a wonderful publication, and they called our book Smart, Witty, Fun, charming, and beautiful. Those are all good things. Isn't that well, I've good? definitely been getting the Twitter feedback from a lot of readers, and it seems like the thing that people are saying is that it's it's fun and it's also accessible. I think no. a lot of vegan books, like they're they're by experts, they're for experts, they're kind of advanced veganism, and this is like veganism one hundred and one. Exactly, and it's for real people in the real world. That's why we call it Main Street Vegan. Now, we have had a couple of questions come in online, and we'll just jump in and answer those before we bring on our lovely guests in the next segments. What's the first question, Adair? All right, well, let's see. Our first question is about protein, which is a big question that vegans get a lot. So someone is asking about, um, about protein and how you get all of the essential amino acids in your diet. Now, I know we have a guest later who might actually be able to touch on this with a bit more authority. But um, I think we can start by saying what we do know about it. Right. Well, we have the authority of, in my case, having been vegan almost 30 years, and in your case, having been vegan as long as you have been breathing. So, But it's honestly not something I think about that much. Um, I mean, I think about getting enough protein, but in terms of where you get it from and getting all the essential amino acids, if you're eating a well-rounded diet, you don't really have to think about it. Well, that is the point, and I think that is something that all our wonderful vegan physicians and, and dietitians are, are getting out into the world. I know that there are essential amino acids, and we need all of them. It used to be believed that you couldn't get them from plant foods because with the exception of soy products, hemp, and the grain quinoa, nothing in the plant kingdom had all of those amino acids in, in the enough um, proper 
combination that that could be considered complete. But what we know now is that the body draws on a blood pool of amino acids, and so if you get enough of them over a period of a day or even a few days, you're absolutely fine. So some of the ways that that vegans get protein, one of the surprising ways is leafy greens. Did you know that dark leafy greens have per calorie more protein than meat? I did know that, although you do have to remember that leafy greens have almost no calories, which is why they're great if you're watching your weight, but if you're trying to up your protein, you're probably not going to get most of it from leafy greens unless you eat a ton of them. Yeah, I think the raw fooders do get most of their protein from leafy greens. When you think about it, where does the cow get her protein? from eating grass and and greens. And then, of course, we also have the wonderful legumes. Legumes contain the amino acid lysine, which can be low for some people on a plant-based diet if they're not eating legumes. Well, and I do know the legumes, just in general, as a general rule for vegans, they tend to have the amino acids that the proteins coming from vegetable and grain sources lack. So I know the classic example is always beans and rice. There you go, complete protein. Which also answers the how expensive is it to be a vegan question. We have a call. We have a call from Beth. Oh, all right. Hi. Hi, Hi, Beth. Hi, Adair. Um, Just want to say I made a fabulous recipe today from Main Street Vegan, the uh, chocolate mousse. Wonderful recipe. Um, Oh, great. But my question, uh, since you're on Unity Radio, is um, what are the spiritual principles that the founders of Unity taught that are consistent with living as a vegan? Well, that is a great question. Beth is asking for those who are here in the room and not hearing everything that's coming in, um, about Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, and what his ideas were about diet and about vegetarianism. It is true that Charles Fillmore and Myrtle Fillmore were both very committed vegetarians, and so were two of their sons. If you Google... Charles Fillmore, vegetarian. You get some really interesting sites that talk about this. Now, these are not official Unity sites, so I'm not speaking for the Unity organization, but Charles Fillmore wrote a lot about this subject in Weekly Unity back in the early days. I actually have one of his quotations in Main Street Vegan, and that one said that all of our foods need to be of the highest quality, We need to know that this food that is coming into our body is being transformed into the cells that we are living through. He also was very concerned about the suffering of animals. He he said the invisible psychic agony of millions of cruelly slaughtered animals saturates our Earth's atmosphere and the whole race suffers in, in sympathy. So there was a lot of, of talk in the early days of unity about the role of the physical body in the spiritual life. And I think we're coming back to that a bit. Certainly we are on this show that when you eat a diet of beautiful food, I always tell people you want your food to be as beautiful as you yourself wish to be, then you're going to have health and you're also going to be creating a cellular structure that is more conducive to what you want to do physically. Here's that quote that I was looking for before. Charles Fillmore wrote way back in 1903, speaking of one of his mystical experiences, I was shown that food had to pass through a process of regeneration to be built into the new body of Christ. Our food should be full of life. There should be no idea of death or decay connected with it, 
the vegetable should be fresh and the fruit radiant in its sunny perfection. It's a lovely quote, isn't it? Thanks for calling, Beth. Thank you. That was wonderful. Oh, and enjoy the moose. Thank you. But I made it for a summer solstice potluck tonight. Ah, summer solstice potluck. That sounds fun. That does. Yeah. Well, Where are you calling from? I am calling from Overland Park, Kansas. Overland oh. Park, Kansas. We know it well. <laughs> Take care, Beth. Thank Bye. you. You too. Bye. Well, should we go to our second email question sure. we got? Now, this is an interesting one because somebody asked, so many recipes call for mushrooms, and what can you do if you don't really like mushrooms? Now, I find that kind of interesting because most recipes that I see call for a soy product or a wheat gluten or something like that in place of meat. So I'm thinking maybe she's saying um, like a lot of sauces and gravies will call for mushrooms. Well, that could be. You can also use mushrooms for that meaty kind of texture. It's interesting that most of the things that vegans would use where a meat eater would use meat would be what you've talked about, tofu, tempeh, beans, whole grains. So you get that substance and they have a little bit more caloric density. Mushrooms are the only one that really has that meaty sensation and there's very little there calorically. But I think also if you cook them into a broth or something, you get a very, very rich broth, which maybe some people are using in place of a meat broth. Now, I wonder if somebody who didn't <clears throat> like mushrooms would not like a mushroom broth. Uh, I don't know. I guess only she would know that. But I would say, yeah, I would turn more to those foods that you named, the soy and the seitan and the tempeh and things like that in place of meat. And um, for broths, you can also get a good broth like... Um, if you're making a lentil soup, just the lentils themselves make a really, really rich broth. And, of course, any good vegetable broth is always good in soups and stews. Right. I love it that you can buy vegetable broth in aseptic boxes right in the supermarket with all the regular soups. Sometimes I think we're getting so regular, we vegans. We used to be alternative, and now we're just plain old folks like Bill Clinton and Mike Tyson. There you go. Well, I don't use a lot of mushrooms in cooking because my husband says I don't eat anything that is a fungus. You know that your stepdad is kind of not very open to a lot of foods. Yeah, they shouldn't call it that. Like at Chinese restaurants, they often call it fungus on the menu. I, I think you have to not think about it in that word. Yes, because they're really good for you. We always used to think, though, for culinary reasons, they're fine, but there's not much to them. However, they did a study where they were looking at a variety of vegetables and the fungus, the white button mushroom, and determined that plain old white button mushrooms, I mean, not even the fancy medicinal shiitake-type mushrooms, but just regular mushrooms, had more of the antioxidants and phytochemicals to fight breast cancer than even these wonderful, fabulous vegetables that we think are so terrific. And that's so interesting because I always thought of the white button mushrooms as being sort of the iceberg lettuce of the mushroom family. Mm. And as I'm sure everyone knows, iceberg lettuce has pretty much no nutritional value whatsoever. True. And, but it um, won't harm you. Like it won't some harm of you. And, and it's eat. low calorie. You can definitely fill up on it without uh, gaining any weight. But in terms of nutrition, I always thought that the button mushrooms didn't have much to offer. But there you go. I guess I'm wrong. It is so amazing that anything that grows up out of the ground, or in the case of mushrooms, anything that grows in real dirt, is blessed with all of these wonderful components that we need for good health. I know that a lot of times people go vegetarian or vegan because they don't want to eat animal products. And there's certainly plenty of, of reasons to not want to do that. But on the other hand, you can just up your consumption of the plant foods 
and really change your life. Well, and I think that's how a lot of people can go vegan kind of in steps. You start by just upping the plant foods and by default, that's going to bump out some of the meat foods and you do that gradually and eventually before you know it, it's all plant foods. What did you have for dinner last night? Last night? What did I have for dinner last night? Oh, I remember I made a, um, I made a, a bread stuffing. Ooh. And um, I made that, and then I sautéed up some green beans with, uh, I put some dill and some lime juice. They were very good. Mm, lime juice. Mm-hmm. Now, why would you use lime juice instead of lemon juice? Because I was out of lemon juice, uh-huh. but the lime juice was very good. It worked well. Well, I think that with vegan cooking, it's just so simple because it's very forgiving. You can put a little bit of this. You don't have that. You put in something different. Last night when we opened Main Street Vegan Academy, we had a wonderful dinner party for the students and our guest speaker, Joshua Catcher of the discerningbrute.com. He's a fashion expert. We'll need to have him on the show. But I made dinner for 22. And this is a New York apartment, which for New York apartments is not minuscule, but it's not very big. But I still made a very nice dinner for 22. I had a couple of helpers, which was great. We did a, uh, a curry, a chickpea curry, which is in Main Street Vegan. We also did a very simple carrot salad, grated carrots, um, grated unsweetened coconut, a few chopped pecans, and just a tiny little bit of vegan mayo to, to moisten that. Regular mayo has, has egg in it, but you can get vegan mayo at the health food store. The great big green salad. I mean, green is God's favorite color because he put it everywhere. And I have these humongous salad bowls. I mean, I have salad bowls I get at a restaurant supply house. Yeah, they're really pretty funny. They're funny. But, you know, when you're serving 22, it's not so funny as when I, like, toss a salad in there just for myself. And then today, because we had some leftovers, we turned the curry into a soup of curry and then some of the brown rice with some extra vegetable broth. We had some leftover carrot salad, made another green salad, and then we had raw chocolate cake. Ooh, yummy. It is yummy. The raw desserts are just to live for. Yeah, I'm not always as into the raw food as you are, but I do love the desserts. There's something about that raw chocolate that Mm. is just really, really good. It is fabulous. That particular dessert comes from my favorite, certainly raw cookbook, and maybe my favorite cookbook of all time, which is called Raw Food Made Easy for One or Two People by Jennifer Cornbleed. This little cake has four ingredients. It's walnuts, dates, cocoa, vanilla, that's optional, and a dash of salt. All right. Well, I think uh, we are getting close to uh, taking a little break, right? I think we are. All right. Well, when we come back, we have a couple a couple fun guests that you've lined up for us. We have a couple wonderful guests. Stay tuned and we'll be back with more of Main Street Vegan on Unity.fm. listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. 
To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world. What I desire for myself, I desire for all beings. There is only one presence and one power at work in the universe. As I align myself with this truth, I set in motion ripples of peace, harmony, and abundance throughout the world. In a quiet time of prayer, I center my thoughts on the perfect peace within me. There is no lack, no separation, only the wholeness of peace. I affirm aloud, I am peace. You are peace. We are peace. I rest for a moment, feeling my heart expand as peace radiates from me. I envision a world in which all beings live in harmony, free from lack, free from violence, and at peace. One by one, each of us creates this peace for all. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. turning five this year and we're throwing the biggest bash of all a cruise to the caribbean november 10 through 17 2012 we'll celebrate in style aboard holland america lines eurodam with sunshine fine dining and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the eastern caribbean plus feed your spirit with music message and meditation Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. Listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria and Adair Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to like Victoria Moran, author on Facebook, and post your questions and comments. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran. I am here with Adair Moran, and this is Main Street Vegan. If you would like to call in and speak with us anytime during the rest of this program, the toll-free number is 888-558-6489. And I found a couple of those websites for Beth, who called in in the last segment. There's one called 4Fillmores.info. That's 4, numeral 4, Fillmores.info. Again, not official, not from Unity, but interesting. So take a look. And we have a fabulous guest. Would you like to do the honors, Adair? We do. We have Gary Gibson here, who believes that we can heal ourselves and our planet through a whole foods, plant-based diet. 
He is a holistic health coach, a body-mind nutritionist, personal trainer, and a Main Street vegan lifestyle coach. Uh, Gary has guided others to embrace a healthy lifestyle of a low-fat, alkaline-high, raw diet, functional fitness, and pure intentions for over five years. I love that he got the pure intentions in. He, um, he has his health coaching program, The Vegan Effect, and he has assisted people heal from disease, uh, supported athletes and helped them increase their athletic performance, and he's guided many clients to their best health for life using a low-fat, high-alkaline, high-raw vegan diet. Uh, you can learn more about Gary at uh, theveganeffect.com. Welcome, Gary. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is so awesome. So, so there you. aren't a lot of vegan trainers in the world. They're getting more. It's getting bigger and bigger. Well, there there are getting more. I actually have one. Actually, you're sitting next to one. Adair is a Very certified cool. personal trainer. I am. It's not something I've done professionally in a few years now, but I did yeah. do it for a while, yeah. Yeah, it's almost my, my, my work privately, but it's been awesome, and I love being a vegan athlete. It's the best thing ever. All right, so um, tell us a little bit about uh, what happened to you and, and how you came about with this health transformation of your own. Uh, my health transformation came through um, kind of by accident. Um, I was I grew up on a meat and, meat and dairy-based diet. I grew up when my father hunted and fished, and I got a chance to uh, go to the vulnerable, a vocational technical, technical uh, culinary arts school. Our first class trip was to a slaughterhouse. Oh, my goodness. And what... To say it real quickly, uh, I went vegan, uh, vegetarian overnight, and that stuck with me for about two and a half, three years. And my endurance went through the roof, my fitness went through the roof. I felt incredibly better. I lost weight. Um, I kind of fell back onto the meat and dairy diet for about eight years and was kind of like the low parts of my life started gaining weight and feeling unhealthy and no energy. And I had a meditative breakthrough that brought me back to a nonviolent philosophy. And I didn't know how to approach that through my diet, but I heard the word vegan from a friend of mine, and it just clicked, and I knew exactly that's what I wanted to do. And as soon as I went vegan, everything changed. My intentions changed. The world opened up all these doors to me. My endurance went through the roof. My athletics changed. My mind, my mental clarity went through the roof. And everything in my life got so much better just making that one simple change. Wow, that makes me feel guilty, Adair, that I raised you vegan from the beginning so you didn't get to have that great experience. <laughs> well, um, tell us a little bit about your program because there's so many programs out there right now for health and fitness and even veganism. So tell us a little bit about yours and what makes it different. Uh, mine is actually completely different than anything you've ever uh, come across. Uh, the main thing is I try to do is I try to teach people the actual tools they need to manage their health for life. And... Um, what is different is that I actually teach people how to live healthily. I teach them about alkalinity. I'll teach them about raw foods. And it's a six-month course that kind of builds on itself. And by the time the program's done, they have all the tools to manage their health for life. And so it's, it's more of an educational thing than just I'm just telling people what to eat and, you know, how to do a structured life. Well, okay. this, this is radio. You can't see him, but he sure looks good. We have a call from Carol in Norwalk, Connecticut. Hi. Hey, Carol. Hi. Hi. Gary, I have a question for you because um, I like to lift weights, but it's been a while since I've done it, and I haven't done as much since I've been vegan, which is about three and a half years. Do I have to worry about whether I'm eating lentils or lettuce, like, before I lift weights, you know, to be sure I have enough protein? And is it okay to just do weight training in short bursts, you know, instead of doing it for an hour, can I do 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there? I'd like to hear what you have to say about that in relation to 
uh, plant-based diet and then the weight training in segments instead of, you know, an hour at a time. Okay. It's a really good question. Uh, the question was about what to eat for fitness on a plant-based diet and what type of training you should do. It really depends on your goals. Uh, if your goals are weight loss, then obviously uh, you want to eat a more high-carbohydrate, uh, high-alkaline diet to help lose weight. If you're looking to gain muscle and to, and to build that's those type of things, you want to add a little more fat to your diet, a little, a little bit more protein to it. Uh, but it really depends on your goals. Um, when it comes to exercise, you really have to figure out what exactly you're looking to get out of it and build a program that fits your goals, fits your lifestyle, fits your body, and fits uh, within your time frame that you want to get your goals uh, completed. Uh, what exactly are your goals? I just want to get firm and toned again. And it, whether I lose weight or not is not as important as feeling strong again. That's what I'd like to do. Cardio Absolutely. is no problem. But it's that weight, it's that tone, that good hard feel of a muscle. If you're looking to build tone and you're looking to feel more energized, then I would recommend uh, absolutely doing less weights, more repetitions, and doing a more circuit training where you're doing continuous exercises uh, back-to-back in a short period of time. You can get a workout done in about a half hour. Uh, if you check my website, which is at theveganeffect.com, I have many blogs on what to eat for nutrition, uh, pre-workout, post-workout, uh, tips, uh, some workouts that are planned out already. Okay. You can check that out because um, it's, it's a very long uh, thing to go through. But the most thing you have to know is how to alkaline your body. So if you can Google that, you can check my website, check my blogs. It's the most important thing ever about fitness. Uh, and also okay. eating more uh, high carbohydrate and high raw is the best way to get energy through fitness. Okay, a lot of people great. are scared of that, though. High carbohydrate, they say, oh, my gosh, I'll get fat. I know. That's, that's the main thing I run into. It it's runs contrary to pretty much everything uh, that is taught in the mainstream. But it's the only thing that actually gets results that people desire. That is the most important part of it. When you start eating a more high-carbohydrate high diet, because if you think about how our body is designed, we're designed to eat a lot of carbohydrates. We're designed to eat a lot of plants. We're designed to eat very uh, alkaline. Uh, if you look at a gorilla, they're very lean, they're very strong, they're very muscular, and they eat a, plant, a pretty much plant-based diet, mostly bananas, mostly greens, mostly foliage. Uh, so we're built the same way. So if you eat a lot of carbohydrates, you keep your energy levels up, you keep, um, you keep your energy up, and that's the most important thing because you don't want to burn out during your workout. Well, and I think that a lot of people get a little confused because they hear carbohydrate and they immediately think white bread. They think refined carbohydrate, and that's kind of a different thing than I'm sure what you're talking about. Absolutely. My clients uh, usually follow a high carbohydrate, which is high, high rice, high quinoa, uh, lots of fruit. Most of my clients do a lot of fruits, uh, and a lot of people are afraid of fruit. We're very carb-phobic in our society. But if you look at the people that are doing these type of diets, whether it's Brendan Brazier, Rich Roll, uh, the 80-10-10 diet, these are the people that are actually getting the results people desire. And this is the best way to get your energy up and it's the best way to get your fitness up. Okay, so it sounds like you've helped a lot of people with the, with the vegan effect. Do you have a favorite success story you can share with us? There's so many. Um, I'll, I'll go with one really, really quickly. Uh, my first actual client, uh, my first client that I got, a uh, guy with his, his 72. Uh, he was gay, but in, in the closet. He was in his house. He basically lives as like a hermit in his house. He had about 80 pounds to lose. He had no idea about health, no idea about nutrition, no idea about fitness. He had knee issues. He couldn't barely walk. Um, within a month and a half, on my program, his knee pain went away. He was able to walk. He started exercising five days a week. 
he lost about 60 pounds in, in six months. Uh, he started coming out of his shell. I was the first person he came out to, so it was really empowering to, you know, guy who's been gay for that long and finally coming out to me, you know, his health coach. Uh, but then he started uh, going to people's houses out of the blue and bringing them food and just being out and open and just loving life and starting a self-love process, which is a very big part of my program. And it was just to see his transformation from like zero to hero in such a quick time. Right off the bat, I, get, I got so lucky uh, with the, my first client. I love zero to hero. That's great. Do you like that? Wow. So can you just talk to us for one more minute about, about athletic performance, whether just for somebody's everyday workout routine or, or for professional athletes, or what can you do? How can the vegan diet and the vegan effect help people improve their athletic performance? Yeah, so what's really cool about my program is that when I deal with clients that aren't athletes, they are not, they're not, they're sedentary, they don't do a lot of exercise, they haven't exercised in 30 years, when they start my program, when they start getting their energy levels back, when they start getting their their vitality back, they want to start doing these things. And after like a month and a half, they're asking me, well, how can I do a 5K? I want to do a 5K. I got all this energy to burn now. What do I do with it? And it's so cool to be an alkaline vegan athlete. If you look at every day, there's a different athlete coming out saying that they're following a vegan diet because it's increasing their athletic performance. I mean, two weeks ago, Lance Armstrong said going from vegan before dinner has increased his, his energy through the roof. He's never had this much energy before in his life. And this is not a regular, you know, Joe Smo. This is my friend down the street. This is one of the most, the highest high octane endurance athletes in the world. And they're saying that they're getting better performance on a vegan diet. Uh, we just had a, um, world champion boxer Tim Bradley just beat Manny Pacquiao about a week ago, and he's uh, he touts the vegan diet to to the ends because it's just it's so empowering, it's so alkaline, and the most important thing is recovery from exercise. When you recover quicker from exercise, you can schedule workouts quicker together, you can get stronger faster, you can have energy all the time, and you don't have that downtime uh, with regular like a meat based diet. You said a word that I think some people are unclear on, and that's alkaline. Can you explain that? Alkalinity is pretty much the key to everything. When you understand that, you can pretty much understand a lot of things. Alkalinity is the pH of your body, and it goes from a scale of 0 to 14, 14 being highly alkaline and 0 being completely acidic. The human body has to be around 7, 7.35 to be normalized. Most people in the standard American diet are in the 5s and the 4s, which cancer, heart disease... Every disease you can think of thrives in that environment. And when you're a vegan and when you get more alkaline, your body goes into the 7, 8, 9 area. That is where cancer cannot live. It actually has to commit suicide because it's too oxygen-rich environment. Uh, it's how you reverse diabetes. And all the diseases kind of go away when you're more alkaline. And when you're more alkaline, your muscles repair quicker, and you don't get that lactic acid buildup, which slows down your muscles, which slows down your recovery time. So it's absolutely important to health. That's exciting. And anyone who wants to call in, the number is 888-558-6489 with your questions for Gary Gibson of The Vegan Effect. It's theveganeffect.com if you want to check out more of Gary's work. Got more questions, Adair? Uh, Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what is coming up for you and what you have on your plate with The Vegan Effect? Well, absolutely. Right now I'm taking the Main Street Vegan course, which is just so cool. And you meet so many cool, cool people, and the speakers are amazing, and it's just a really intensive course. And I'm so excited to do that. But for 
uh, my personal goals for my business, I'm starting to get really, really big. I'm going, going worldwide. I'm getting clients in different countries, and it's really, really exciting to see where this is going. I have book, I have a book deal coming. Hopefully, I'll be able to writing, writing my book and doing more public speaking events, doing a YouTube channel. And it's just, again, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and more people are getting exposed to it. I'm also the raw vegan fitness coach uh, at dherbs.com. You can ask all your questions through there, too. You just go in there, ask the experts, ask the experts page. What's that site again? Uh, dherbs.com. So it's D the, like dog, yep. herbs, D-H-E-R-B-S.com. You got it. Okay. So, so everything's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I'd love to look forward to talking to each one of you guys. Just If you have any questions, find my email, find my Facebook, find my Twitter, find me on dherbs. And I'd uh, love to hear from you. Well, I like what you're saying about the success. This is, this is unity.fm, and we are into success here. We like having things work out. We like prosperity. So tell us some of your ideas about inner fitness and how you can get your life to be more what you're looking for. The most important thing we can do is have a process of self-love, which is basically coming to terms and making acceptance of yourself, whether it's good, bad, indifferent. However, uh, we need to start treating our bodies and treating our mind with utmost respect and with the best fuel possible. You wouldn't run a car on gas and sugar. You really want to run the car on the cleanest gas possible. And could you run a Ferrari on a gasoline that's like low octane? Probably. Would you get the results you're looking for? Probably not. So what we need to do is we need to start putting the right fuel, the right thoughts, the right energy into the avenues that which are going to get the results we desire. And that's kind of what my program is about, is about pushing people and encouraging them and empowering them to learn about health and to get healthy and happier for life. So I have a question for, uh, for us and for our listeners. I think a lot of people think, you know, making a huge lifestyle change, that's a big, big step. So can you recommend any little small steps somebody could take today to start improving their health? Like what would you say is the very first thing somebody should do? You know, people ask me that all the time, like what should I, the first thing I should do? And I always tell people to find the people that are getting the results they desire and figure out what they're doing and how to do it, make that work for them. And like for me, the way my, my program works is it gets such great results that absolutely come talk to my clients. They'll tell you exactly how it works. And Again, what I do is I tell people about health, and then by the time they're done with my program, they're able to almost teach what I do. And I have a couple of clients that do that. They're running their own juice fast programs and stuff like that. So it's about finding the people that are getting the results you desire and following, and following what they're doing. But what about people who just find exercise very, very different? Difficult. I mean, I tell people I was a fat kid. I was picked fat last for softball and everything else. And so I was never really programmed with that. Oh, get out and sweat. That'll be fun. So I do it because I know I need to do it. I just wish I loved it more. Absolutely. And, you know, that's uh, that's the case for a lot of people. They usually start off uh, in grade school where they're either pushed into the wrong sports or they're picked last or they may be a late bloomer or they might not, you know, have that enthusiasm for sports that some kids have. And then later on in life, it kind of builds to that point. But what we just need to do is find an avenue of fitness that works for you. Everybody's different. Everyone has an own, own body type, has their own energy levels, has their own. Some people do better outside. Some people do better inside. I might be built better for soccer because I played both soccer and baseball, but I wasn't built for baseball. I hated it. But I loved soccer, and I was built for it, and I was good for it. That's why I excelled there. So I just, I try to find an avenue for my, my clients that would work for them. Some people are built more for tennis. Some people are built more for running. It's just finding something that would 
encourage you to do it every day. It's find something that you're built for and that's right for your mind. So nobody's just built for the couch. Right. Okay. Well, I think a lot of people mistakenly think that exercise has to be done either in the gym or jogging and that's all there is. You know, find something fun. Take a martial arts class or find an interesting dance class. You know, see, see if your town has, you know, a, a trapeze class or something fun and interesting. You know, do something that'll be, that'll be fun for you. Yay, fun exercise. It might be possible. We're going to have more fun when we come back after this break. So stay tuned for Main Street Vegan on Unity.fm. Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about The Soul of Money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Join author Lynn Twist for the blessing of the financial crisis. You'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section. undervalued, disconnected, or simply overwhelmed at work or in your business? Are you trying to attract what you need but are desperately worried about cash flow? What if the problems you're experiencing aren't problems at all, but warning signals, clues to redirect? What if those clues are being obscured by your blind spots, the things you can't see that are keeping you from accomplishing your goals? Find out how you can move step-by-step beyond your blind spots each week here with Karen Pettigrew, Wednesday mornings at 9 Central Time on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We're tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair. Hey, welcome back to our final segment of Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. I'm Victoria Moran. Hi, I'm Adair Moran. And we have another guest. We are so prosperous in guests today. Our next guest is J.L. Fields. She has the very, very popular blog, J.L. Goes Vegan. She's been vegan for only two and a half years, but started blogging just six months afterwards. And this has landed her a weekly vegan column for the Journal News in her area and a deal to co-author of 
book with the well-known vegan dietitian Virginia Messina. Woohoo! And congratulations. And this weekend, she moderated and presented on the vegan blogging panel at the Seed, a vegan experience here in New York City. I was there as well. It was quite stunning and fabulous. Welcome, JL. Thank you for having me. So you were over 40 and you started doing marathons and triathlons and eating vegan. Huh. Exactly. <laughs> yes, and over 40, suddenly I started doing all the things that I wish I would have done in my 20s or in my 30s. But, yes, I was uh, approaching the age of 40, and I was sedentary and um, decided that I needed to find a way to keep my weight off and, and chose marathoning as the way to do it. And so post-40, I had ran my first marathon. Six months later, I ran my second marathon. And after that, I was done running marathons, <laughs> but continued with half marathons and triathlons. And, um, and it, changed, it changed my life. So was that before or after the vegan? That was before the vegan. And then um, I went vegan two and a half years ago. And actually, it was after I went vegan that I quit doing all of the crazy exercising because they're really... Wonderful thing happened when I went vegan, which is I fell in love with food and realized that food should be about enjoyment and nourishment and not deprivation. And I realized that maybe I was running all of the marathons to try to be a weight instead of really doing it because I desired to run 26.2 miles and I decided to embrace loving food. And, and that's where the real revolution began. So that's what you mean by stop chasing skin. That's right. I wrote a post a year after going vegan on my blog in which I made a confession to my readers. And my confession was that for six years, I had gone on a diet every January and that I was part of, I was involved in this cycle, which was go on a diet in January, train for a marathon or later five half marathons a year or triathlon, get my weight down. And then suddenly in October, November, my weight was back and I was back to the diet in January. So on my blog post, I told my readers that I decided that instead of going on a diet, I would simply buy bigger clothes. And so I bought bigger clothes, and that changed that changed everything, and I stopped chasing skinny. Okay, so I know that uh, it says on your blog that you went vegetarian because of a goat. Can, can you tell us what that means? I can. Uh, yeah, that's the interesting thing. I, I went vegetarian 10 years ago, actually, and it, it was for an animal. I was in Kenya. I worked for a national international nonprofit. We were there for a celebration. There was an elder in the community in Kenya. We were in the Rift Valley, and he brought a goat to the celebration and then subsequently slaughtered the goat, and they cooked the goat during the day, and we were offered the goat for dinner, and I didn't know better, but I just thought that it would probably be rude to say no, and at that point I was not even close to being a vegetarian, and I did eat the goat that night. And the next morning, I was on my way to South Africa, and I called my husband and said, I'm a vegetarian because last night I met a goat, I shook his hand, and then I ate him. And that was the last time I ate meat. Oh, wow. All these guests with, with goats being slaughtered and visiting slaughterhouses, no wonder people become vegetarian. That's pretty remarkable. So with your fitness journey now, how do you see the connection between the feeling about animals and, and the self-care that comes from being also a health-conscious vegan? Oh, I love that question. You know, the word that comes to mind is compassion. I think that when I went vegan and really became 
went on this journey of understanding what being vegan meant and really connected to the animals. And it wasn't about my diet any longer and it wasn't about fitness, but it was about harming nothing, um, no one, no being. Then I thought, well, then why wouldn't I give myself that same sense of compassion? And so it felt like it was far more compassionate to not struggle to be 125 pounds every year and instead be healthy. So I, I you know, I don't advocate you know, non-health, I just simply say, what is it that you're striving for? You can be fit and you can be healthy and you don't have to be a size four to do it. Um, you mentioned how much you love food and I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm, I'm a foodie too. But um, I think a lot of people think that you can't be vegan and be a foodie, that by definition you become vegan and you can only eat sprouts and it's really boring. So can you talk a little bit about that and tell us some of your, your favorite vegan foods and what you love about it? Yes, I would say the contrary. I think that I became quite the foodie once I went vegan. The truth of the matter is that I didn't spend all that much time in the kitchen pre-vegan days. Um, I fortunately had a husband who cooked for me, and when I made that fateful phone call that I was vegetarian, he had figured out how to press tofu and prepare vegetarian meals for me before I returned from Africa. But I didn't spend a lot of time cooking. What a guy. I know, right? (laughs) Very lucky, very lucky. And you know, I didn't have to do the cooking. And then when I went vegan, that was a journey I, I've been taking on my own. He's not there with me yet, though I'm still trying to role model the, the compassionate lifestyle. And I just threw myself into the kitchen and fell in love with it. So it was a place that I thought that I would hate all of my life. And I just absolutely love cooking. I love experimenting. I am cuckoo for my pressure cooker. Didn't even know what a pressure cooker was, except it was that thing that scared me when I was a child and my mother would shoo us out of the house when she was canning. And now I use my pressure cooker for my beans and my grains and my greens. Oh, that's all exciting. And just so that people know, I think some people may be confused about what's a vegetarian, what's a vegan. A vegetarian does not eat anybody with a face. A vegan does not eat any animal products. So that means we're not eating meat, fish, eggs, or dairy. Or wearing them. Or wearing them. But we eat so much great food. Oh, look, we have a call. We have a call from Colette from right here in the Great Big Apple. Hey, Colette. Hello. Hi. Hi. Do you have a question for JL? Yes, JL. um, uh, First of all, I really love your blog. I have to say it's very inspirational. Um, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, how how does one get inspired and stay inspired to make a major transition like this after <clears throat> excuse me after forty or other zero birthdays, perhaps you know where you're very set in your ways and it's a it's a major shift, you know, to think about something like this um, after years of, of patterns and habits. What are some of the ways that you get yourself started and um, and figure out what direction to go? It's such a great question. You know, I didn't really realize until I was probably 42 or 43 that I had been making these changes. In, in fact, it was after a couple of marathons and, and many half marathons, and all of a sudden I was like, I can't believe I did all of this after 40. And once I had that awareness and a realization that I had a perception of what my 20s and 30s were, which was to just be really driven around my career, I realized I hadn't really explored a lot of things that didn't have anything to do with uh, success, sort of professional success. And so I just started picking up hobbies, and for hobbies for me were um, were the working out piece, the training for a race. And then it was going vegan and deciding that instead of just going vegan, that I wanted to be a part of a community. And that's why I started blogging. And once I started uh, all of these hobbies, the world just completely opened up for me. And if you would have told me three years ago that I would have a book deal now um, with an amazing author 
I just would not have believed it. And it was because once I decided that my life wasn't the job that I had been working for for those 20 years, but that my life was all of those things that happened outside of my, you know, the paid gig. And, and, it, and it, it, it worked out that way. And what I've been really encouraging, I've been working with some young people who are bloggers who really talk about professionalizing their passion. And I think what that really means to me is that they have things that they're interested in. They want to volunteer and they want to find a way to, to make a living with that. And I just encourage them to just live their life right now and that those things happen, you know, over time that you can um, find a hobby and then you might be part of your career later. But if you just open up to it, you're just going to meet people. I mean, I can't believe I'm sitting here right now next to <laughs> Victoria Moran simply because I went vegan and then started writing about it. And now she is teaching me how to help other people become vegan. And it's because I was completely open to not believing my life was defined at 45 or now 47. And so I think it's just reminding yourself that, it's 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 tomorrow's an entire new day and you could be doing five different things tomorrow you never even considered. Thanks for the call, Colette. <laughs> That's a wonderful question. Bye. So we keep talking about this blog and, and how much everyone loves it, and I, I know I would like to check it out. So what is the link to that blog? Do we have that? I blog at JL Goes Vegan is my uh, the main blog, and then I also blog at StopChasingSkinny.com. Okay. I'll have to check those out. Thank you. Well, I'm as impressed that you started blogging over 40 as that you stopped running mar- started running marathons over 40 because the technology really scares a lot of us in the post-40 generation. It's true. I, um, the thing that surprised me actually when I started reading blogs, I actually, if people are thinking about a vegetarian diet or vegan diet and aren't reading blogs, I really encourage them to do that or to you know check out Facebook because that's how I learned how to do it. I had no idea what I was doing. And once I started reading other blogs, frankly, it was because I was reading a lot of fantastic 20-somethings who were blogging, but it wasn't speaking to me. And so I really started doing it just because I wanted to sort of build a community for my own um, age group. But I have to tell you, last summer I went to Vita VitaCon, which was the first ever vegan blogging conference in Portland. And my roommate was a 26-year-old who I'd never met before named Megan. She's my intern now in my new business. And it was, um, I, I, I think I, I lost about 20 years in a great way uh, just by being around young energy in the blogging world. Well, oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful tip anyway. I find that being somewhat older, I have these wonderful young friends, and some of them are even guys, guys who wouldn't have talked to me when I was 20-something. It's <laughs> wonderful. Well, we are nearing the end of our, our fabulous time together, so I want to just remind everybody where you can visit to continue this conversation. For more on JL Fields, visit jlgoesvegan.com. Now, JL also does some activism blogging for ourhenhouse.org. And interestingly enough, one week from today here on Unity Online Radio at Main Street Vegan, Jasmine Singer, and Marianne Sullivan of Our Hen House will be on talking with us about Animal Rights 101. Speaking of blogs, Adair has a blog. What's your URL? I do have a blog. Oh, I always mess it up. It's um, www.harlemfarm.blogspot.com. You probably have the only farm in Harlem. It's not quite a farm, but it's a heck of a garden. I'm trying to turn it into a farm. Well, you just might farm. do that. Yes, I know that it's inhabited by a toad and a whole lot of worms and others helping you keep the bug population down and the plant population up. Yes, and and rehab birds from time to time. Oh, that's right. Oh, aren't we fortunate? We have people saving lives and eating greens. 
have a magnificent summer. Tomorrow is the summer solstice. Are you going to do anything special for summer solstice? I didn't realize it was the summer solstice, but I hear somebody else is making chocolate mousse, so that sounds Ooh, good. That's, let, let us make that the summer celebration food from this day forward. Chocolate mousse, June 21st. I'm Victoria Moran. I'm Adair Moran. And we are Main Street Vegans. We'll see you next time here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria and Adair Moran entertain, educate, and inspire you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria and Adair or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive! Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Here on Unity FM, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you are seeking? Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? 
Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe... And from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. 